0: Hey everybody, on this week of um, Guys Talking Sports, we're going to dig into some of Jalen Ramsey's comments about some of the quarterbacks in the league. Was um, he, cool he, uh, he lying? Uh, we're going to definitely get into the joining the Rockets and uh, with the Rockets' um, status approved for the NBA Finals. And we'll talk a little bit about Taco Woods and his um, thrilling PGA 4th round on this week of Guys Talking Sports. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with my two boys, ready to talk some sports and um, talk some shit. So, uh, fellas, what's good tonight?
1: Ah oh, man. It's hump day. It's the middle of August. can't believe the summer just flew by. I mean, like, literally flew by. And it's been real rainy. But outside of that, it's pretty good.
2: <laughs> um, I'm on some technical difficulties right now, so you're going to have to bear with me as i get set up so y'all can just go ahead without me for a minute
0: well for those that are listening you can't see his face and for those who are looking all you're gonna see is the name so there's a name with the face right now we just got a name to go with it a l (laughs) course so let's get right into it there's been a lot of stuff popping off um Obviously, over the weekend, um, on Sunday, I know we have um, some golf fans out there. Oh
1: yeah,
0: made a miraculous run, which I missed the second half of that <laughs> by being out on Sunday. Um, obviously, um, NFL training camp is going into its third week, with um, preseason going into a second week, um, and also, and no major injuries as of as of yet that I've heard of. But starting right off, we got to talk about um, the Asian boy Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, he came out with the um, GQ interview, and he took some shots at some folks. So uh, let me see if I got this straight. So he went on to say that the Baltimore Ravens' Joe Flacco sucks. Atlanta Falcons' Matt Ryan is overrated. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis coach Andrew Luck is not that good. the um, well, okay. Eli is... He that Eli is good. He just says that Odell is good that makes them makes them good. They have a great connection. He said pretty much the same thing about Ben Roethlisberger that mm. he's really not that good. That um, but that um, ah, I his name off the top of my head, um, the receiver the um, Steelers. Oh, and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is good, and that makes him look looks good. He thinks that Ma- Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback. He thinks that Deshaun Watson and uh. And um, Carson Wentz are eventually going to be in the mix um, for um, MVP over the next couple of years. And, of course, you know, he, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers are some of the QBs that he uh, believes are good. So he said a lot in that interview. <laughs> yeah. He also made a comment, which I find very funny. He said that for um, season is about Super Bowl or bust. That should be for every player, unless you're the Cleveland Browns. So, I found that funny as well. So, do you guys think that um, Jalen Ramsey, going into his third year, has any reason to talk and pop off at the mouth about what he said about some of these players?
1: Well, uh, pro football focus has him rated as the number one cornerback in 2017. You know, they take all the stats and work their magic and come up with that crazy number, and he is number one. So he's backing up some of the trash talk, so to speak. Um, and now it's going to definitely be put up a shut-up, especially against those QBs that he has to face, because if you're going to talk all that smack, you better back it up, which means I'm sure the quarterbacks are going to have something to prove, but it's the wide receivers also. But – if he's the type of dude that you know talks a lot of smack and get into some of these cats' heads, at least wide receivers, then he may already have the advantage. Um, I ain't mad at it though. I, I kind of enjoy it. It brings some, uh, brings a little added element to the game itself, especially when the Jags come to play because now it might take some of the pressure off of Bortles a little bit and put more of the onus on him and the defense um, to carry the load in Jacksonville.
0: Oh, now Mind you, Dave, he also made a comment about his um, quarterback, Blake Bortles. I heard he gave him high praise. Well, <laughs> high <laughs> praise and a smack upside the head, saying that they didn't put him in practice to go against the, the first team because they didn't want to mess up Blake Bortles' confidence.
1: Denied. they didn't need, need to put him against the first team, because to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only way quarterbacks are going to get better. You got to go ones-on-ones. On ones. Uh... And if he's really telling the truth, then that has a lot to do – has a lot to say about Bortles. And then he's not really the quarterback that should be leaving Jacksonville. If he's afraid that his own, his own team's defense is going to shut him down, should, that should only make him a better quarterback when going against other defenses because other teams' defenses shouldn't be as nice as his. So it's a shame that uh, if that is the case, then that's a shame on Bortles.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree Um, (laughs) wholeheartedly. I thought that the the whole thing is just. There's a saying that says the truth don't get mad, and if you take you if you feel as though that you know this is the truth, I mean he pulled no punches whatsoever, and I thought that to be honest, somebody need to say something, and. Whether you're not is basically put up a shut up time, and you got to show and prove whether you, you 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 put you prove these doubters wrong. You don't have to prove it to him, but more so prove it to yourself and your team. Make sure you come out and do what you're supposed to do. Bottom line.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, uh, to me, you know, he's a he's a very really good cornerback. I don't know if he's got the cachet, let's say, of um like um like a Deion Sanders or, you know, Reeves Island, you know, even some of the other, you know, you know, Sherman, you know, some other like, you know, cornerbacks out there that are pretty good to start talking smack to some of these, not some of these, a lot of QBs. So now, not only did he put a big target on his back, you put a whole target on your damn defensive back. So most of the people that he's, I don't know if he's playing some, if not all of the quarterbacks that he talked about, but, um, if I'm Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, and, and Andrew Luck, if they got him on a schedule, trust me, they're going to be looking to light that secondary. Yep, if they can. Yeah. Well I, mean,
1: well, I was just going to say, but he ain't lying about Joe Flacco. He's been trash for about five years.
0: Well, no, you're not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I tend to disagree with Roethlisberger. Um, you can't really say Luck because he's been hurt for, but you know, last
2: two seasons or so. Not, but you have to understand, like you know, I think in doing this, like you said, it, it is only going to raise the level of competition for everyone all around. Because now people are going to have a chip on their shoulders, and now he's going to have he's going to have a big target. He's going to try to prove himself that he is the best, and and his defense is good. So you know, I really think it's going to be a win win both case around because. Like I said before, you're either going to show and prove when you match up against him, or you're going to prove him right. So this is going to be motivation for everyone. And I think it's a good motivation. And, you know, bad way to go about it, but I think it's a good motivation all of, overall.
0: Hey, I like hey, I, I like the trash talk personally. Man. Like you said, Ace, I didn't think he was lying about a lot of stuff. I mean, Roethlisberger, I would say – if you're looking at the scope of the last maybe two or three years, yeah. But it's his body of work—he's won championships without without Antonio Brown there. So I can't say that. I mean, he took some right. shots at Eli. I'm a Giants fan. I can't t- I can't really argue about that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the man does hold some you know interception records to the regular season, and you know he's been very very spotty and sporadic. But I would say that Odell has over the last years, has kind of maxed some of his deficiencies. But, I mean, hey, I like the trash talking. I mean, like you said, he's going to make things a little interesting. He's got to back it up now. I mean, he's really got to, you know, put up or shut up because now all eyes are going to be on him. But that's how Jalen, you know, that's how Jalen Ramsey has been. You know, a Florida State, you know, product and a lot of Florida State guys talk a lot of trash. If you want to look anybody further, look at, you know, Deion Sanders by himself, right? And he talked a lot of trash. He <laughs> Sure, <laughs> I did.
1: But you know, it's interesting. Like you brought up um, some of the greats, recent history. Uh, Revis, uh, more most uh, most recent. No, no, most recently, Richard Sherman. But you know, I'll be interested to see how Richard Sherman plays. One, because you he know he's coming off the Achilles injury. But two, now he's going to be like that that corner for the for the Niners. But do you think that? This talking about shutdown corners, do you think Richard Sherman was really as nice as he says he was versus him being a part of the Legion of Boom? As of in 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 retrospect to Jalen Ramsey, like we know Jalen Ramsey is nice, but we know Jacksonville's defense is nice. But do we know that the rest of the secondary is on the same level as, say, Jalen Ramsey? You know that you know that's funny. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to kind of pay close attention to that because I truly think that though Richard Sherman was a damn good cornerback when he was in Seattle, the Legion of Boom had a lot to do with that. This with the, the the sense that they had an overall secondary that was that was well, well, well above above average to say for any other 31 NFL teams out there who may have had one decent cornerback, where you had a whole. B, B, B B-plus type level defensive back for an entire defense. So, you know, I I know we really can't talk about the comparisons because I personally don't know about Jacksonville's other defensive backfield, but I know Ramsey is nice. He shuts down half a field just like I think Revis did when he was with the Jets. Because I can't remember other any other corners or or safeties that played along alongside Revis, but you knew the the linebackers, and you knew the defensive line, you know. And I guess that's where I'm kind of going on with uh, with Jalen, with just the whole comparison with Richard Sherman, kind of kind of craziness. But I, I went off on a tangent. You have to excuse. Not,
0: I not get the point. I guess it remains to be seen. I mean, you know. Jackson, you know the Jags. They have a you know a great defense, it was a top-ranked defense last year. So I think a lot of a lot of it has to do with, with the scheme um, that you play. And I guess for any defense scheme that you play, but you know I isolate people like Dion as a shutdown corner, even Darrell Reeves, because even though it didn't, they didn't have a collection of great defensive players to lean on, Dion literally shut down half the damn field, and and. And Revis would basically shut down your top receiver or whatever receiver that you put him on. He would shut him down. And I haven't seen with not the, not the best of defenses. I mean, when he was at San Fran, they They had a very good defense, but not the best. And when he went to Dallas, same thing. They had a really, really good defense. I think a little bit better than San Fran's, but not the best out there. So right. I think um, – with Jalen Ramsey, the Jags is going to remain to be seen. Is it more the player or is it more a scheme? Because I haven't heard him being a shutdown corner to the fact that he can basically block off a whole side of the field. Right. Um, so I haven't heard that from Jalen. So, I, like I said, I, I like trash talk and like, you know, mixing up a little bit. But like you said, it's, it's going to be put up a shut up time. So now everyone's going to be looking dead at you to see, okay, you talking about cycle sucks. Matt Ryan is overrated. <laughs> Andrew Luck is no good. And he took a shot at Josh Allen and said he sucks as well. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> and Bills made a mistake in picking. You know?
1: <laughs> I thought he was going to say that about Darnold because, you know, Darnold was some trash at USC this well, senior season. <laughs>
0: he's turning some heads with the Jets right about now. I mean, he even got high praise from Josh Norman, and that's hard to do.
1: Mm, let me see you when. Let me see when it comes to regular season.
0: Yeah, so let's say it's all. It's
2: all nothing. It's nothing until it comes to regular season.
1: I mean, there's only a legit few that could come in and take the season, take the, the field by storm. Deshaun Watson was put into the ultimate best situation to fit his type of style and play, and he did wonders. And I think he's going to be great. But mm, Darnold, man. I think he's trash, but you
0: know that's the, <laughs> just haven't had a competent quarterback since what uh, uh damn what, Benny Testaverde? <laughs>
1: Oof, I was gonna say Ken O'Brien, but
2: yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. When you get a O'Brien mention, that's just that's that's
0: it's I mean they had the, 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 the Mark Sanchez or you know Sanchez, you know, experiment that didn't do much so I still have my thing about, you know, USC QBs, which remains to be seen with this one. So you can't go nowhere but up. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just,
1: I'm just curious how Gino would have did if he'd have had some legit, legit receivers his first year when he was somewhat decent when he led them to an 8-8 season.
2: Well, I really think that it was not just about the re- receivers, but the scheme for him. True. I think that there should have been a better tailor to Geno from the start, and they didn't do that. So, to um, be honest, that's typical with the Jets, which is, makes me wonder how, well, that was the regime of the Jets back then. Um, let's see what happens if they make any changes now with this new regime, um, how that's going to, How the quarterback situation and the coaching is going to be for, you know, for the strengths of the quarterbacks, or how is it going to be for the regular season? So. Ah uh, yes, yeah.
0: so uh, we shall see as uh, as as the um, you know training camp and the preseason moves along. We're going to see you know who's going to come up. I as I always say I will wait to game game number three to see the telltale sign, and I think um, I think we we'll kind of have a better idea of you know who's going to be what moving forward. Um, staying on the um, football topic, there was a, um, a comment made by the Philly mayor saying that. Um, Carson Wentz should not start. <laughs> and so there appears to be – there could be a quarterback controversy, you know, possibly brewing in, in Philly depending on how the wind blows. But um, you have your, NBA, your Super Bowl MVP quarterback playing. This scenario is let's say you get – let's say Carson Wentz doesn't start maybe the first month. They hold him out for the first month. I think they're going to put him in week one. But let's say he doesn't start for the first month let's say, you know, they're 4-0, you know, 19 TDs, two interceptions, everything is rolling, things are looking good. If you're the Eagles, if they say Carson Wentz is ready, do you put him in or do, or do you stick with the backup?
1: Football season is too short to sit there and say, I know you're our number one, we're going to bring you in. If you got to roll with the hot hand until the hot hand cools off. If if an old boy is sitting there winning you games, yeah, all you could do is look at Winsley. Look, I know this is your team. I understand this, but look, we're six and zero right now. We we can't jeopardize putting you in to you know because we know you're the guy. We got to stay you're the guy. We'll take this opportunity and make this guy the guy to get traded so we can get some uh, a high draft pick for the following season. So just just stick with us, or until he falters, you know.
2: I'm going to be honest with you, this is going to be the most talked about team in that regards for this whole regular season. And if the Eagles don't do anything to, to, to grab hold of this as quickly as possible, if they let it, like, linger and continue to linger, it's going to be bad for Philly. Um, I agree it all depends on who has the hot end at this stage. Um, if Nick Foles is doing his thing, you gotta ride continue to ride with him. Carson Wentz is definitely not gonna be too happy about it, but at the end of the day, you gotta say, look, you know, this is for the team. And right now we we're riding with the hot hand. So you're gonna it's gonna end up becoming a decision whether or not you're gonna either trade Carson Wentz or you're going to trade Nick Foles. I think that's what the bottom line is. I know we talked about, you know, Nick Foles is saying that, you know, he doesn't mind Um, maybe taking a backup role because, you know, Carson Wentz was there, whatever the case may be, it's going to come to blows. The question is when is it going to come to blows and how quickly can the Eagles resolve it um, before it gets worse than what it it will be. So if the Eagles jump on it and get a handle on it quick, then it shouldn't be no problem depending on how Nick Foles plays. Yeah, that's
0: the thing. And and the question is – can you lose your starting your starting job, you know, due to injury and play immediately? Uh, yes, you can. It's happened. It's, you got to look no further than uh, Tony Romo and um, Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, the, you know, Tony Romo got hurt. Dak Prescott came in. They were they were rolling hot. He wasn't doing a whole lot. He wasn't really lighting up the scoreboard or really tossing a rock. He was playing very efficient football, running behind Zeke Elliott. Tony Romo was ready. They kept sitting them, sitting them, sitting them, and eventually they sent Tony Romo Tony Romo home and said, hey, we don't need your services. Now, this is a whole different situation with Philly because you have Carson Wentz who you moved heaven and earth to make your second-round pick. So that's your guy going forward. That's who you want to go for. Nick Foles is still your backup. I mean, you have to look at it like – I think look at it like this: you have to look at it that the sample size of Carson Wentz was eleven and one. The sample size of Nick Foles was was what three games and a what two uh, NFC Championship game, a game before that, and then a the Super Bowl. Really, if you look at it, he only really had two good games: the NFC Championship game, which Minnesota I think completely froze, and the Super Bowl, which the defense won him in the end eventually. So, um. He only had two good games, as opposed to Carson Wentz, eleven one record. So,
1: but, but but he also had that one season under uh, Chip Kelly where he was fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, but he's he went to Kansas City and he was over at um, I think well, St. Louis, and he wasn't yeah. that good. So, I guess all this to say, I'm with you. If the Eagles want to quell all the issues, they should come out and say if Carson Wentz is ready to go week one, he's going to be the starter point blank and if he gets in there and sucks then that's going to be a whole different story because they, Al you know the Philly fans will boo real quick and if they boo real quick there's going to be a lot of pressure with the Philadelphia Brass to put in your uh, suitable MVP winner and Carson Wentz might say well maybe he's not fully ready we'll sit him down just and reevaluate him in a few weeks which means that Nick Foles is going to be playing for the rest of the season if he comes in and does well if you play starting to close, and like you said, if he's hot, if he's 4-0 and he's lighting it up, do you turn it over. Would the team want you to go to Carson Wentz, knowing that you're not sure, especially if you haven't seen anything from him in training camp to say that he's ready to go? So if I'm Philly, I would say you got to get him out there and say he's starter day one if he's ready to start. Yeah. I think or that's a mistake. Say, or say that whenever we'll to, – to, to quell a possible quarterback controversy.
1: But what happens if – see, the last thing you want to do is rush him to coming back and he re-injures himself. And like him and him and Deshaun Watson, like I'm fearful about Deshaun Watson. Um, but I guess when you're young and you're athletic, you heal a lot faster. But we all see what happened with RG3 when he tried to come back too soon and he was a detriment to his team. Like, I don't know if I'm the Eagles and I know the type of team that I have around me. Do I want to risk re-injuring Carson Wentz? But knowing that you have a capable backup at Nick Foles, I guess you could throw it out there and, and start him if he gets hurt. Oh, well, we can't say that we didn't say we think you should sit, you
2: know. Well, I also think that you know, I think Philly fans is going to be more forgiving um, if Nick Foles is in the picture more so than Carson Wentz because even though he, he had an eleven and one record last season, they're not going to remember last season. They're going to remember the championship run that Nick Foles had, and they'll be more forgiving for Nick Foles if you know he's not playing well than Carson Wentz coming in and he's not playing well. I think that. If Carson Wentz if Carson Wentz comes in, he has to make sure he's on point where they're winning. Um, that's really the bottom line. If he doesn't, or and like you said, or if they, you know, if he slips up and you know he's not the same Carson Wentz as he was last season, I think that Eagles fans will be more, more. They would more so would want Nick Foles in um, to continue the rest of the way, good or bad because they believe that Nick Foles is the one that got them the championship. And they would be less more um, – less more – what's the word? Mobbish, so to speak, <laughs> when it comes to Nick Foles than they would be with Carson Wentz
0: at this stage.
1: That's yeah, Philly for you.
0: Yeah, that is Philly. And <laughs> being, being in Philly, you know, working around a lot of Eagles fans, you know, the, 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 the sense that I get is that, like you no one remembers 11-1. Only people remember about is the NFC championship game and the Super Bowl. They really remember the Super Bowl. Uh, they don't remember the 11-1, how they got there. They don't remember the two games at the end of the season where Nick Foles sucked. <laughs> they don't remember that um, division game, the first game of the three, where he didn't really
2: that game. Ah,
0: uh, yeah. They <laughs> didn't look <laughs> that good, and they almost lost. They should have probably lost that game, but – um. All I remember is the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. So, right now, I think they're more, beholden, they're more beholden to Nick Foles because he was the one that got him the chip and beat Tom Brady and hung 41 points on the defense. They're – like I said, Al, they – I don't want to say they've forgotten what Carson Wentz did, but they darn sure ain't talking about him as much. So, I think they're looking more so of like if Carson Wentz ain't ready, you want to ride with Nick Foles until – Wheels come off, and them putting Carson wins down the lane. So, I think, like you said, if he gets to him, he's not ready, and he have to yank them. They're going to be screaming for Nick Foles to come in. Or if Nick Foles goes in there and he's hot and they're doing good, they ain't going to want him to come out. So, right. The Eagles have a. In my opinion: the Eagles should have traded Nick Foles and got something for him. to to really get rid of all of this, but then you would have had people screaming, oh, how can you trade a Super, Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP because you're about to run into a situation with a quarterback controversy front and center week one if Carson Wentz is not the starter, and if he is, doesn't play well. But
1: the Eagles are in a situation where a lot of teams would like to be in as far as having – two very capable starting quarterbacks on a roster. You know, and though it might, it might start a controversy considering their window is very small and considering how LA Rams is uh, made the moves that they made. And a couple other NFC teams made moves to counter Philly. I see Philly is going to go in there and just ride whatever the hottest hand that they have and, um, and just go for broke.
2: So Any, I, I think they need to because right now all the teams at this stage has gotten a little bit better. And let's be honest, it wasn't no cakewalk for the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do. Um, but they need to ride whoever is hot. Bottom line, they don't want to get into a place where they're like one game and out of like or one game out of the playoff spot or even in the wild card. They want to control their own destiny. So if I'm them, I'm doing whatever I can to to whoever is hot, take advantage of it while they can.
0: Yep, NFC has definitely gotten a, a, a lot better over the offseason. The division itself is going to be very interesting going to see how that goes. I mean, I still – I mean, we're probably a, a few weeks away from our predictions as far as division winners and, you know, Super Bowl. But right now, I will still have to go with the Eagles winning the division as of right now
2: you too early for this. we too early for this right now.
0: I saying, that's why I was foresee, oh. but they have a – it's it's going to be a lot more competitive in the NFC with them trying to make it back to the Super League. A lot of teams that upgraded. So, I mean, like you said, they're going to have their work cut out for them and you ride with the hot hand. And if that's Nick Foles, so be it. If that's Carson Wentz, so be it. I'm,
1: I don't see where the Eagles lost – Outside of, outside of I forgot who they traded to. Who they traded to uh, Carolina? Oh, and they end up getting um, Dar Worley, and then uh, so, you know, so subsequently Dar Worley got released, and then Oakland picked him up. But I mean, But outside of that, I don't see where Philly lost anything detrimental. Where they, where they should lose, where they, where they should lose any sort of top-spot type of legitimacy, in my opinion.
0: No. no, they haven't lost anything. I mean, they got some depth, but I'm, I'm just saying that the teams in the NFL have all boasted up, especially the Rams. So it's, yeah. gonna be, it's definitely going to be more competitive, you know, moving forward.
2: Wow. All I'm saying is, is that, you know, that is true about, you know, they may have not lost anything, but it's still – when it comes to the playoffs it's just that one game and one game where everybody can be thrown off. So, you know, I, I, I like I said, the team's gotten, a lot of teams gotten better. Um, we'll definitely see how that plays off plays out, especially in the playoffs because anybody could be one injury away from doing something. So you never know, which is why NFL is exciting because you know, you never know with the with the short season and everything—not short season, but with the games and the, the playoffs—you just never know. The fights breaking out preseason, training camps—you know—it's just the the the, the 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 just the chaos of the NFL <laughs> is, is what makes it so exciting. Yeah, it's the only, only sport that can sit there and boast four to five brand new playoff teams in any given season—you can go from worst to first. And in the bat nine nah, And that's why I sit there and I really believe that Cleveland is gonna be a lot better than people give credit for. They won't be the last place team in the NFL. Not by not by a long shot.
0: They uh, they shouldn't be. Yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> right. they shouldn't. That's that's true. That is true. They shouldn't.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna switch gears a little bit here. Um I know obviously uh, you know, real quick, um Carmelo Anthony he, uh officially signed with the Houston Rockets. I think we all saw that coming about two months ago.
2: Not Adrian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh-huh. Well, I think <laughs> me and Al saw that coming.
1: coming. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to think OKC, okay, he could make it work in OKC.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm you a- had him. He had, him. He had,
0: him.
2: <laughs> he had OKC with Melo playing the right way going to the Western Conference
0: Finals.
1: <laughs> and I still believe that to this day if he's in the state. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I guess OKC didn't get that memo because they're the one that um, sent them uh, <laughs> – that traded him to the Hawks who eventually bought him out, and then here he is back with the Rockets. So my my quick question is, do you think that uh, Mello, A, will make the Rockets any better, and B, would he be willing to accept the role coming off the bench?
2: Well, there is talk right now that um, Mello said that – you know, depends on what D'Antoni wants him to do. Um, if he wants him to start, that's fine. If he wants to come off the bench, too, he's okay with that as well. Which Hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, I'll <I'm just, laughs> <laughs> basically stole my thunder because I'm like, oh, so you're basically now willing to an ex- accept an actual role, a third – I mean, a off-the-bench role for going to Houston, but you wouldn't do that for OKC. Like, that just – it boggles the mind at this point. I mean, you could have kept the money that you had at OKC and accepted the role off the bench and you probably would have been in competition with Houston to make it to the Western Conference finals. Yep. That's that and that's what pisses me off. I'm like, <laughs>
1: dude. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Westbrook and 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 Paul George is anything compared to Harden and Chris Paul. But in the same sense, he could have, he could have been the the floor general of the second squad. And he could have been putting up some serious buckets and some serious numbers if he was just willing to commit to OKC. It just, to me, it just seems like he wanted to be there and probably just didn't like being there. Maybe, I don't know if it was coaching. I don't know if he just feels though that he's a ball hog and Westbrook is a ball hog and it, Two ball hogs just can't can't work together. But I mean, I don't see how it's going to be any different in in Houston. Well, well
2: yeah. I think I think that what it is is the fact that the offense is now more catered to him um, to be a spot up shooter at this point. I mean, basically, if Paul and Harden are running the floor, you know, all he's doing is going to the corner like like PJ Tucker or Luke. I mean, about a or Trevor Ariza used to do and just basically wait for the ball to come to him so he could chuck it up. So, you know, I think the offense is more easier for him and fits his style of play now than it was in um, OKC.
0: Yeah, or in my opinion, I think it has to be the Chris Paul factor because, I mean, you're dealing with two dominant ball hogs where in OKC you have Russell Westbrook who had the green light, period. And then you got, you know, Harden, who has another green light, I mean, now you're going back to um, playing with Mike D'Antonio, who I, I believe might have got kicked out of New York or whatever because you guys couldn't see eye to eye. He's virtually running almost the same bloody offense in Houston. When you had him in New York, he just didn't have all the pieces that he really needed to run it. So I think it's probably the Chris Paul factor. I think that's his boy. I think maybe Chris Paul can maybe talk to him and be like, yo, man, we, we need you to come here we need you to do this. I think that might have been the overall parking factor for him to kind of get to Houston. And I think he might be willing, more so willing to do it now um, than he was maybe in OKC because he has somebody that he can probably more so respect. And, you know, it's easy with your boy. It's like, yo, we can get this money together. We might need you just to kind of do not what you used to do. We need to do something else. But, you know, let's get this money together. And, you know, I think that's the only – that might have been the, the – the main factor because I don't see anything else because you're dealing with Dan Antonio and you're dealing with, um, another ball hog hard and so.
1: And, and no defense, right up Carmelo's, uh, right up Carmelo's, uh, wheelhouse <laughs> score, run back and play Olay type of defense.
0: <laughs> Six seconds or less.
2: <laughs> and I think what it also is that he feels that Trevor reads role, um, now that he's gone to Phoenix. So, they need that missing piece that can be an offensive threat. Um and you know Carmelo does provide that. Um whether or not the defensive side is, you know, is going to be helpful, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Houston um comes about and does it because they got more offensive offensive power but they lost a lot of defense on that as well.
1: <coughs> defense. <laughs>
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when they lost, I'm telling you, when they lost Ariza and about they they lost majority of their defense right there.
1: Uh, you know, when you score 140, you give up 125. I, I don't, I don't see defense, but you know, whether you know
0: there. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look, I guess it's all going to be uh, depending on how he plays. If they can get him to buy into, you know. Coming up with the second unit and saying that you'll have your opportunities to scroll you want with the second unit, and maybe he'll buy into it. Um, if not, and they can't get it to all mesh together, it's just going to be convoluted, just like it was in OKC. I
1: still don't. Well, no, I mean Houston was a Chris Paul-less injury away from knocking off uh, uh, Golden State, so I, I still believe that they are, they still have the best opportunity. Uh, To win the West, but they got to learn how to uh, sometimes learn how to feed Capella. Get the big man some some more touches.
0: He don't need it. That's not their style. They're going to live with the three. Die by the three. three. And he died. Damn short by the three. It's a shame,
1: because if they would have sat there and fed Capella some more, I guarantee they would have been playing in the finals and actually probably would have won the championship. Because Cleveland wouldn't have won it regardless of who came out the damn West, so
2: yeah, no, I agree with you about that. As far as the um the scheme, like if anything, if Paul went out, they should have at least did something to work off um Capella and Harden. And yep. we talked about that last time on the last podcast a while back. And that's something they should have focused on because, like you said, nobody was really stopping Capella at that time in Golden with Golden State. Whoever Golden State had on them, they really couldn't do anything to stop it. So, but they got away from it. So.
1: I could
2: talk about that for hours. Yeah, but to be honest, it brings up an interesting thing because if Melo comes into play, they could do that with Melo too, and they could um, also it adds another element to um, Houston's offense. So, and you have Melo that can actually shoot. Right. So if they get Melo back to the way he was without the hoodie, they should be good.
1: Without the hoodie. (laughs) You say hoodie mellow
2: is not the good mellow? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, the, the mellow with the hoodie is good in gyms. Like, they need the mellow from, you know, years back. I mean, all this, every, every time I see mellow with a hoodie on when he's playing, he's doing good in gyms. Like, that's
0: that's
2: not acceptable for me. I need to see him do what he used to do as far as providing the offense. OKC wasn't really a good fit for him because he was low in everything, virtually everything. So, he needs to get back to not the OKC mellow, but more of the New York mellow.
0: Right. Yeah, early, early New York mellow or the Denver mellow. Denver, Denver Nuggets mellow. That's probably the Denver Nuggets mellow. He
2: can't get back to the Denver Nuggets mellow. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to. Be, he, uh, he if if he does the New York mellow, that's acceptable for Houston. <laughs> I think that's acceptable. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just being I'm just being serious. If he can get back to New York mellow. With D'Antoni, I think they can factor something, work something out.
0: They had it there. They just didn't – they just couldn't get the, the proper pieces around around Melo to kind of make it work, but they had something.
2: But that was Knicks. That's that's ownership. That's management. That's – it's nothing to do with Melo per se. I don't even blame Melo for leaving, like, at that stage. Like, it, it was just so dysfunctional higher up. It – it had to happen.
0: Well, won't get no argument for me on that one. You know, <laughs> my feeling I think someone needs to they need to strip Dolan from the Knicks period. But that's not gonna happen because he owns the Knicks and he owns, you know, Master Square Garden, so I wouldn't yeah. give it up. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give it up either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, switching over, uh I know we don't normally talk about golf, but obviously this past weekend the PGA championship was, was went on. Um, Rooks kept won, but Tiger Woods um, looked, for the most part, like his old self um, on Sunday. Let um, me mm-hmm. shot a shot sixty four, and came within two strokes of winning. And at one point was even like one stroke behind. And I mean, he he lit it up. The PJ viewership was up seventy six percent for that for that <laughs> 50, 50 some odd percent on Saturday compared to last um last year around his times. And um, so I guess this is all the, I guess, the, um, the building up of the Tiger Woods comeback. Um, but I mean, to me, I mean, it was phenomenal what he's done coming from back fusion surgery, um, multiple back surgeries where he couldn't even pick up a single golf club this time last year. Um, and the, um, the DUI and, you know, crashing his Mercedes and everything else going into now. So, I mean, he's definitely, I think, to where people wanted to be. You can hear the roars and see the people flooding up against him. It looked like Tiger 10 plus years ago when he basically owned golf. So to your guys' opinion, do you think that it's more likely that he'll win another major or another tournament first?
1: I think he'll win both. I don't think he's going to catch Jack, but I think he has one more major in him. I think he'll win a couple more tournaments. Because I think he's right. I think he's now starting to round up in the form. Um, What needs not to happen is the pundits to sit there and give him the odds on favorite to win the U.S. Open. Let the man play golf and let the chips fall where they may. When he wasn't predicted to win, this was just the players, correct? Uh, PGA
0: Championship. It was the PGA? Yeah. When he
1: wasn't projected to win the PGA, what did he come out and do? He came out there and shot his best – Round of eighteen in his career to almost win the PGA. So let the man golf. Let the man do what he's going to do. I think he. They said like early, earlier this year he was ranked 100 or something in the world. Now he's up to 21 or down to 21 or 16 or something like
0: that. I didn't check the rankings, but he's he's moved up a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now he might be uh he might be playing well enough where they might choose him for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I think he will. You know, so I, Tiger – I'm not saying Tiger is 100% back, but I think he's he's about 90, maybe – no, more, more like probably like 85, 88% back. I think this time next year, I, if, if his back holds up and his mentality comes back into the form, he might be out there screwing his uh, screwing strippers again. Who knows? He's getting his mind back right. <laughs> That's when he was at his best. <laughs> Living that carefree life.
2: <laughs> uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know where to go for that.
1: Hey, it was real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I will say that. Tiger. <laughs> um I will say this about that. Um, still just one game, one tournament. Um, but I do have a feeling that Golf now media is just gonna blitz this um, to no end because truth be told they need it. Um, the advertisements, like, could you imagine if he would have won? Advertisements oh. would probably done their best to try to get him back and get golf up and running again, and the whole conversation would be nothing but Tiger. Um, I really think that I agree with you, Ace. Just let the man play. Yep. Um, I just have a feeling that that's not going to happen. I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. I think that now everybody's going to have odds on saying that Tiger's going to win the next um, tournament or, or championship that he's in. Um, I think viewership is going to be up off of the next tournament or championship that he plays because off of the simple fact of what he just did. So there is going to be a lot of buzz around this um, next golf. Um, matchup, but I just don't want people to get their hopes up too soon. Um, like I said, it's just one game, and I could see them doing so, and then he comes back with his worst game and then drops, you know, it, whatever. I, I don't want that to happen, but I could see people just – the buzz around it is just going to be so big that I just don't want it to be a big letdown if something was to happen. As far as um, somebody else winning an, another championship or tiger is not the way that he was this last um last couple of um, rounds so it's I just I just want it to just them to just let it play out um not too much focus and not too much hype on tiger and just let the the golf play out as a, the tournament or the championship whichever is next.
0: Yeah, I'm saying here. I was one of those people. I didn't think that he would win anything at all this year. I think that I think this year was just the year where he kind of refigures out how to play again with his body being his back being fused. Um, I thought that he probably more so needed to figure out not so much what he can. Do, but what he can do once he once I think he's starting to figure out what he can't do, then I think then he can start you know tailoring his game to around that. So. I mean, if, if he would have won, you know, the P.J. Championship, I mean, the whole sports world was would have went nuts. I mean, they were damn near going nuts in the British Open when he had like, you know, the lead for like about ten minutes. <laughs> um, so, um, but no, I think it was um, where he's at right now. I think this is confidence to not only say that he can compete in the um, in the major, but that he can actually win one. I mean, he was in contention the last two, and one, he kind of he kind of lost a little bit. This one, he didn't lose it. I mean, he shot a damn near 64 by missing, you know, all the fair, fairways in the front nine, which usually you can't have that happen. Right. Um, and he shot a – and he still shot a 64. Um, the man, Brooke Kepska, I think he shot a 66, but he just had a, a lead on him, which I think Tiger has never really came back from a 56, you know, Came back from a tournament to lead at the end. Um, if he was behind, usually he's ahead. You know, in the fourth round, pretty much he used to be game over. So, I mean, this is what he usually does. He never came back, but he came damn near close. And I think that um, golf, the PGA, this is what this is what they wanted. This is what they were hoping for. Best case scenario that he'll be back. Viewerships to be up. Sponsors start flocking back. People start watching. Um, the person is going to start tripling up again. And, um, I mean, it was it was quiet when he was uh, <laughs> when he was out of it for a while. Even when he was like playing, he would miss cuts or playing, and then he would draw because of back injuries. I think that the most important thing for most of the golf families was how is his health be, how his body to react to like four days of golf, and not just one tournament, but just you know, progression of a couple of tournaments over, you know, the season. So, it looks like he's okay. Um, I think it would definitely be a pick for the Ryder Cup. But, I mean, the PGA guys you couldn't be more thrilled than what they saw Sunday. And they're just probably hoping that this will be more, not a blip, but a trend. I think, I think it's going to be a trend. I think you're seeing it with the – British Open where he's played pretty well with this one so I think it's not going to be at the same level as it was this past Sunday where he shot 64 but I definitely think he, he'll probably win a tournament before he won a major
1: uh, I'm confident he'll win at least one more I don't think he'll catch Jack and he'll win a couple more tournaments he's almost there I stand by that. I stand on. I stand by that more so than my OKC
2: and statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> no, but I, I. I will say this. Um, with so much going on, it's good thing. It's good because the PGA definitely needed more so than ever. Um, there was definitely falling um, as far as the ratings were concerned, and you know, kudos now because now they have something to look forward to going forward.
0: Yeah, well, this is definitely about to pick up again with with golf now that he's looking close to himself. Not there yet, but he's in the – he's he's in the stadium, per se, I should say.
1: I'm just curious if he does win a major, what what endorsements are going to be sitting there and saying, Tiger, we knew you would be back, you know – I know Buick is still here waiting for you, Tiger. <laughs> you know, we haven't had you driving it for a while, but uh, <laughs> come on <All> back home. <laughs> all of them. Right.
2: But I don't see him going back to the ones that, that, that dropped him. There's so many new sponsorships out there now. I could see him doing that more so than anything.
0: Heck, Nike might even get back in the golf business because they basically closed down shop once he wasn't <laughs> wasn't really playing. Right. So they might reopen it. So we'll see. All right, guys, so we're getting about that time. So uh, we want to thank everybody for, as always, subscribing and listening to our podcast. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or anything you want to talk about, you know, feel free to hit us up and let us know. We'll definitely put it in and talk about it. So um, as of right now, guys, let them know where, you, where they can find you at. Huh. And then I'll speak at once. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> Go ahead now. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no,
2: it's all good. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al quaws. again. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Quarles. And rest in peace to Jim the Anvil nightheart Um, uh, one of my, one of the Heart Foundation. Um, uh, one of used to be one of my favorite tag teams. So rest in peace to the Anvil. Stay up.
1: And. You can find me on Twitter, catdaddy1963. That's catdaddy1963 on Twitter. And I, I do want to make mention very, very briefly. We didn't touch on this at all. But the situation going on at University of Maryland. Um, um, the football program. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot, of, lot more details forthcoming over the next couple of days. So uh, we can really dig in to that um, next week. But my condolences to the family who lost their son in this situation and uh we can play more facts come next week so i i'm sure we'll we'll dig into that
0: uh, uh yeah d- definitely definitely still pretty fluid with the situation you're finding out new stuff you know on a daily basis so the think by next week we'll have a lot more to discuss and kind of up about that particular situation, but you know, like I said, equity of sentiments, condolences to the um to the family of the um of the kid that passed away.
2: Definitely.
0: Um, and also you can find me on Twitter and the gram and Snapchat at J Ross Number Seven. And as always, uh, love, peace, gold, and see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Professional chocolate
2: God
1: bless. Sorry, oh, Sorry coming to Miracles on TV. Uh, one
2: cool. of my favorites. <laughs> that, boy. that boy good. <laughs> <laughs> He's good terrible.